What is up, everybody? It is your commissioner, Drew Lamp. I am joined on the Around the League podcast with one of my former National League East buddies, Dan. Dan of the Phillies, how are you doing on this wonderful Thursday night? I'm great. Thanks for asking. Just got done work. Looking at the box scores from earlier. About to have some fun tonight playing. Awesome. I'm happy to hear. So, my friends, today we are going to be reviewing the 2020 draft, the 2021 draft, and the 2022 draft. For those of you that don't know, Dan is somebody I would consider a drafty. He has got some pretty big boards. He looks into a lot of our drafts, and he really looks into the minors. So I can't imagine many people will be better to join me tonight and talk about this. Dan, where do you want to start, man? Appreciate the kind words. Yeah, just like you said, it'd be kind of cool to look back at the past two drafts uh, and then kind of review what just happened. I think mainly, instead of going over every single player, just kind of giving a brief overview of kind of what the, you know, the, the trends of the draft were. If there's a lot of college guys or high school guys and kind of the direction teams are going, pitcher, hitter, and see kind of what guys have quickly coming through the system here, like a few stars at the top there, like Torkelson and a couple of those first draft guys that were college ready. Yeah, uh, I think Torque is actually a great name to start. He's a rookie this year in 2022. He was drafted pretty high back in the very beginning of the 2020 draft. And he's just came into the league and he's hitting over 200 right now, but he's knocking the cover off the ball. He's got 24 home runs as of today. So as high of a draft pick he is, I know you looked into it. How much was his signing bonus? Yeah, I was just going to say that without inflation, the leagues I've been a part of, I don't remember many guys ever getting $10 million bonuses. I think he was over the $10 million mark, which might even be the first time I've seen that. That is ridiculously high demand. He is a little risky too, because he's got that crazy power, but some of those low avoid K contact guys have a lot of tough time developing early. And so with him, I, I was a little skeptical. If I had the 34th pick, I'd be a little, there's some Guys that are a little bit more uh, high contact guys are a little safer picks, but he's just has that crazy bat and he's looks like he's legit because that contact's gone up a lot. My scout thinks it's gone from friggin' what the draft it's showing he was a 25 45 and now his contact's 50 55. So yeah, he's developed like crazy and turned into a future star. It looks like already on pace, like you said, 43 home runs with beast. Yeah, he's a rookie, so this guy isn't like somebody that's young, he's young and he's good. He's 22 years old. My scouts got him at 55 potential for contact and 75 potential for power. Now, granted, I am the Kansas City Royals. My scout is not the best. However, <laughs> those numbers are, you can't ignore them. That dude looks like a rock star. Well, the best part about it is, in my opinion, at least, St. Louis probably the biggest surprise of the season. Going in, I thought... Milwaukee would have a big lead in that division because it looked like the Cubs were getting him for a rough year. And Pittsburgh, you know, they're still pretty young. Hadn't had any of those big superstars quite reach their peak yet. So I thought maybe that Milwaukee would be like 95, 100 wins and St. Louis might be as low as 70. And they've really surprised me. They are killing it. And on the last power rankings, they actually were ahead of the Dodgers, even though they have like five less wins or something. So that's been, uh, <laughs> he's gone on to be like a superstar in the first draft class, but also on like top three team in the league so far. So that's been pretty cool too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, looking at some of the other names that came out of that 2020 draft, what names jump off the board at you? 
Yeah, so that f- first round, we had uh, the high school, Pete Crow Armstrong. Looks like he's developed really well. He just got to reach for those 75 range guys early because those guys don't grow on trees. So it looks like he's nice. And then uh, Kerstad in Baltimore looks like a big building block. They picked a couple pitchers first overall, so the last two drafts. So he's their big uh, hitter, it looks like. Asa Lacey, who we always joke about, he's been uh, been a guy that just always has had crazy high potential, and it looks like he's even gotten better. I drafted – I was a little – I think I drafted him in another league and he actually bombed out. I was a little disappointed but in my <laughs> offline league, but he looks legit in this league. Austin Martin is the one guy that's been, uh, a t- no, I wouldn't say a disappointment. It's still so early, but his power has gone down for my scout and his contact's gone down a little bit. He's got that really high avoid and gap power, but uh, he doesn't look like quite the star he was. His range actually gone down for me too, but it could just be my scout being a little uh, low on him. And then I got uh, a couple college guys. Went pretty high. The pitchers, right? Reed Detmers and Crochet, which are uh, both the lefties there. I'm looking at a couple of high school bats. York and Veen went eight and nine. Those guys look pretty legit. Pretty young still in A ball, even in rookie, I think. Austin Hendricks, a guy, has some really legit power. He jumps off the page at me a little bit. And then looking down the list a little bit, we had um, we got Jordan Walker with that 50-65 power grade for the Brewers, he looks pretty legit with that 70R. Nice tools to build off of there. And I don't know about your scout, but my scout has Ed Howard as a star. (laughs) What are you looking at for Howard? (laughs) Oh, 75 air and 65 range with the 55 contact tool as a 20-year-old shortstop. And he hailed it last year in rookie ball with that 340 batting average. So that looks like a guy that uh, can't be too many shortstops. Higher ceiling than him right now in the league. Yeah, that's awesome, especially being that young, a shortstop with that much range. It's remarkable, Uh, especially if they hit that young and they keep rising through the minors. For me, we've talked about him on the pod before, but I think genuinely one of the steals of the draft was Asa Lacey. This guy signed with the Royals originally with an $8 million signing bonus, and as a lefty, I think he's going to be worth every penny. He's over in Pittsburgh. He started this year off with he's above a 5.0 ERA right now, but he's only 23. So it'll be interesting to see kind of how he matures and how he'll settle into that role. Uh, You touched on him too, Austin Martin. Austin Martin was drafted sixth overall, and he's got that great combination of speed, defense, and pretty much a pretty good contact bat. Looks to be about above average hitter to me. But with that, it looks like he could be a great shortstop, a great third baseman, a great second baseman. And if they really wanted to, they could put him pretty much anywhere in the infield. Looks like Seattle's been playing him at third base, and he's got a pretty good overall rating there at third. But, you know, as these young guys jump into the league, they could really mature into any of those other positions too. Yeah, that's the thing. A lot can change, especially from those... Like you said, those young athletic guys. I'm a big Austin Martin guy. I'm a Jays fan in real life, so it's nice to see. I uh, always see him develop in the game. I, that was another thing I kind of want to mention here on the pod. At other guys are listening. It seems like there's a lot of Canadians on here. I know for I think I saw three <laughs> or four people say they're Jays fans and Canadians. I don't know how many you have in total, but I know Josh and Washington, and I can't remember the others, but I do remember. I know Boston, Tyler's Canadian, and a couple others. So I, I know we got a handful here, which is funny. I guess a lot of Austin Martin fans. Hopping back to the 2020 draft, some guys I want to throw back your way that I don't think are really going to get many headlines. Uh, Jordan Nwogu, 
He's the seventh round draft pick. He went 217th overall. He's in the Dodgers system. My scout says at 23 years old, this guy is just about completely filled out. He obliterated the ball early in 2022 in double A. He had a 1.048 OPS, 11 home runs with batting 348. He's been in AAA for about 40 games now. But my scout says he's going to be a corner outfield power hitter that can steal some bases and probably get 25 home runs, 20 stolen bases a year. I've never noticed this guy until we started looking at the draft. See somebody go that low with that much potential looks awesome. Yeah. You know what? When you first said that name, I said who? And I'm looking at him now, a Michigan guy. He has that. That's incredible currents. Looks like he, at the draft at 2020, I had him at a 30-35 contact. But he always did have that big power bat. That's right, 40-55. Yeah, he is looking incredible. That's a nice profile there. You're right. 230 pounds with 65 speed. That's a nice combination. <laughs> big man running the bases. Get out of the way. Clear home plate. The other thing I like about this draft is that late run on uh, high school guys at the end of that first there. Got a couple of really talented ones. Blaze Jordan, who's been a superstar since he's like the eighth grade. That guy's always been a YouTube sensation. He looks legit for the Yankees. The Yankees, I was going to ask you if you noticed what they did. They had the uh, they picked the high school big power bat, Blaze Jordan, here in 2020. And then 2021, they went. They had two, I think, three comp picks somehow. I forget. I think they got one from, what was that pitcher's name that signed in Seattle there? Paxton. And then they got another one from Gosman. Both guys are actually in Washington right now. So they had a couple extra picks, and they went the two high school pitchers with crazy high ceilings. And they both look pretty legit. So they got all those high... Uh, really high ceiling high school players in those two drafts. So that's pretty, pretty cool for a team as good as the Yankees to have all that talent coming up. Yeah. Especially with kind of how the league starts off with them having some pretty lower picks. I think getting comp picks for 2022 is a better way to kind of go about it than hedging your bets on those lower mid twenties round picks. Before we jump into the 2021 draft, there's one guy that you were talking to me about that I think, the pod has to hear about and the rest of the league has to hear about. And that's catcher Drew Romo. If you haven't looked at this guy's profile yet, let's just start. He's a catcher. So any offensive production you get from a catcher is awesome. It's not a position you assume they're going to get a very high OPS and they're probably going to be a beneath average hitter. You want them just to be good defensively and help out your pitchers. Dan, talk to me about Drew Romo's profile and what you're looking at. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I didn't expect him to be on the board at 14 that first year. I'm a huge Drew Romo guy. I love those catchers. I got to catcher two years in a row in the first round. I can't get enough of those catchers. <laughs> they love the position of baseball. But uh, yeah, Drew Romo is developed better than I've ever seen him develop. He usually almost always has that like 30, 40 contact tool at the start of the dynasties, and he in this dynasty just developed right away with the hitting. I couldn't believe it when he was just smashing the ball, and even an A ball after that first year. And, I wasn't rushing him because I had JT Real Mutu, and so I figured I'd keep Romo in the minors for years, but he's just been so dominant. It's hard to uh, keep him down. And I was actually asking a friend, I don't know, I can't remember if a 20-year-old catcher has ever debuted in the majors that I can remember. And uh, he could have easily debuted this year, but I was just so set at the position I didn't need to and held him down one more year just because his eye and power is developing a little bit more. But yeah, he is looking like an absolute megastar. I'm going to build my team around him for sure. I think the the eye has been what's so crazy this year is 40 walks in double A as a 20 year old in only 63 games. 
the walk percentage was almost 20 there for a while. So I, don't, I think that might even be a better than that rating showing. But uh, yeah, he's a guy I'm really excited about. I think, in my opinion, before we move on to the next draft, like you said, the kind of the three top guys, if I was to do a redraft from this draft, in this draft to me look like, well, I guess Torkelson would have to be up there, maybe top four. But uh, the three high school guys, Drew Romo and then Ed Howard we mentioned, and the last guy is actually... I'll bring him up is Robert Hassel looks like an absolute superstar to me. I don't know if your scout agrees on that. No, Robert Hassel. I couldn't believe the first year. It was wild. I remember that was when Johnny was the GM of the Dodgers and he made all those crazy trades to put them as like superstar throughout the entire team. And then he drafted Hassel less. And somebody was like, how did you guys let Hassel fall back to the Dodgers? He looked <laughs> Awesome. That dude's profile looks great. If he continues to develop, he's going to look like a great corner outfielder. I probably wouldn't draft him in the top three. There's a few other guys I value a little bit more than that bat. But yeah, he looks like he's going to be a superstar. Yeah, my scout has him as a 45-60 contact and a 45-60 I. And the crazy thing about him is he has that 70 speed with 60 range. So yeah, he could actually play center field. I think they're set there with Jordan Adams now that he's on the Mets. They got the young star Jordan Adams in center field that he just debuted. But the Mets have the best, if anyone hasn't looked, their outfield uh, prospects are ridiculous. They got like four or five top level guys. So I'm a little scared of that in the next few years in my division. But uh, yeah, Hassel, definitely, like you said, I'm surprised he fell so far. I guess it was maybe that signing bonus. He needed $7.5 which was a lot higher than anyone on the board at the end of that first round there. So maybe that was part of the reason he fell. But uh, yeah, he looks... He looks nice. But yeah, I'll yeah. move on to 2021 here, I guess, like you said, before we get going too long on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. 2021 is going to be a little bit harder for us to dig into because I there's not guys like Torque and Romo that have – you look at them and you're like, yeah, these guys are going to be superstars. But there are some really, really big names here, and a lot of these guys are still super young and super developing. So, Dan, what – jumps off the board at you yeah at the top and when the draft was about to happen i thought that maybe i thought it'd be tough to pass on brady house at number one as good as rocker is i uh i just love house profile house is an absolute monster so since he getting him at was it four overall it looks like looks like a big coop he's got that 70 arm he's got that huge power tool gap power it's really advanced bat for a high school guy so i love brady house I thought he might have gone one or two, but looking at those pitchers, it makes sense why those guys went with those advanced college pitchers, one and two, Rocker and Weiss. And Weiss looks ridiculous. Five pitches, a bunch of them 70s, and his stuff is elite. So if that can control, can come along a little better, he'll be nasty. Um, but yeah, and then those high school shortstops, Leto and Mayer, in real, that's the cool thing I like spending all the time on the draft about, because these are real guys, obviously. And so it's awesome putting time into it because it feels like you kind of learn what's going to maybe happen in the real life draft this year and stuff. So Rocker and um, looks like in real life, Lighter is probably going to be one or two in the game. He's not quite that dominant, but yeah, it's uh, that top of that draft has had some major shortstop talent. There's about what five high school shortstops that all went in the top 16 picks. It looks like. Yeah. That was the draft where like middle infielders were flying off the board. Yeah. Even later. Yeah. Now that I recount this, what is it? Eight, eight high school shortstops or Eight shortstops in total, six or seven of them high school guys, except for Dieter, that college guy who looks like one of the best. Nice pick by Washington there in the teens. Going to Brady House, I remember seeing that guy's profile, and I was like, 
is he going to play the field? Is he going to be a pitcher? He had that weird two-way potential. It looks like he's developing way more in the field right now. And he looks to be just one of those guys that's going to come up. And if he stays this course, he's just going to be above average in every facet of the game. Now, I'm not going to be here and I'm not going to knock Brian whatsoever in Baltimore for taking Rocker. Rocker looks like a rock star. If he continues on his path with those three plus plus pitches, if his stuff and movement keep going, and who knows, maybe that first year he hops in and he's pitching well, I think Rocker could really be a number one for a a long time and hopefully at minimum a number two. Yeah, I had I looked at him early in the year, and I don't remember this changeup being so elite. It's I'm showing a 75 current rating on that. That is unbelievable. Yeah. In the minors, dude. Oh, what a talent! Yeah, because I'm positive I would have noticed that for. I thought he had like 360, so I don't know if that just jumped up like crazy recently. Yeah, that's an oh, what a talent, man! Those top two guys are crazy. And Painter, the third guy, he's a lot younger, so he has a ways to go. He looks kind of nice too. Uh, other than that, I had TJ Reeves as having crazy currents. That's another Mets outfielder, by the way, that I mentioned. Uh, I always <laughs> I liked him a lot. He looks like he's coming along. But that, yeah, like you said earlier, it's a really young draft. A lot of high school guys went in this round and uh, just a couple college bats. And like I said, those Yankees pitchers that went, that was another guy I wanted to bring up uh, definitely is that 30th overall pick, Carl Hartman. Looks really nice. My scout loves him. He has those three nice pitches, and he's got the high currents for a 19-year-old guy to have 40 currents and stuff and movement. That's yeah, really yeah. nasty. Oh, yeah, it's awesome. There's – yeah, like we like we were saying, these guys are young, so seeing them actually develop and even have 40 overalls for our scouts is awesome. Hopefully they can perform in a lot of those mid to lower levels of the minors, and we can see them start climbing a little bit more. To talk about some of those uh, – middle infielders that we keep talking about the one guy I have to talk about is Luke Leto now Luke Leto went sixth overall (laughs) this is one of the most unique profiles that the game kind of generates especially for the 2021 draft Luke Leto can either be a superstar crazy pitcher that can eat innings with a curveball that falls off the map or he can be your superstar shortstop that's going to get you seven-plus war, knocking 30 home runs every year. It looks like right now, from last year, he played quite a few games in the field, but his bat wasn't that well uh, when he went into rookie ball. But then his pitching stats in rookie ball, he carried uh, just barely below average. He had a 4.9 ERA, but he had 47 innings pitched. So it looks like he performed way better as a pitcher than he did as a hitter. Yeah, I was noticing that last year. I was surprised the hitting was low. Uh, He's one of those guys that with the current ratings, I think he was playing a lot under his talent level because those current ratings give him the potential that he should be able to almost play in double A with how advanced he is. He's got a 50 eye. That's a major league ready eye in my scout's opinion and 40 contact, 40 avoid. You can see guys in triple A with 40 contact, 40 avoid. They hit like 280. And a lot of the time. So that's um, a guy that maybe just had bad luck in small sample sizes. So it'll be interesting to keep an eye on that. That defense is so elite. It's ridiculous. This guy's control 30, 45, and 30 movement. So yeah, it'll be interesting. That's still really good for a 19-year-old. It's Sometimes you forget how young those are. Like anything, 30s at that level 
or like yeah pretty nasty still even if the bat looks a lot better current yeah his current ratings look really good for a bat he should be doing great at this these low minors like you said the defense is elite he's got what looks to be a gold glove profile at shortstop a gold glove profile at third base he looks to have a platinum glove best glove at second base put him anywhere you want in the infield he can play the outfield he can pitch it's one of the guys that every year kind of when those first prospect rankings come out i look and try and see where his name is nice high school quarterback too super talented dude in real life he'll be cool to see how he (laughs) develops in real life if uh, another name I want to bring up here, I don't know if you noticed him, a 12th round pick, 338th overall. From ratings-wise, probably it would be the steal of the draft because if I sort by that draft history, just is at the top of the page in multiple categories, is the catcher Cameron, I don't even know how to say his last name, Guan Goriana. He's G-U-A-N-D-O-R-E-N-A. It was the Pittsburgh catcher. He went 12th round. He was a uh, college guy from Cal State Fulton. I have a 60 current home run power on him. Do you have... Uh, a crazy rating on him also my scout hates this guy dude <laughs> oh really so that's totally different that's interesting my scout hates him he's a catcher with above average defense what i'm looking at but it looks to be one of those moments where like my scout and the player's actual performance are just off like this guy's got an 800 ops <laughs> he's batting yeah. 291 he's slugging 450 and my scout's like, yeah, this guy can't hit a baseball. <laughs> yeah, I got an average scouting accuracy on him, but uh, I got 40 current, 50 current eye, and 60 current power. So that's ridiculous ratings for a catcher. So it'll be interesting. See, that's what a cool part about the game. You can have such different ratings. I That's one thing I uh, want a cool story I had was when I had my last scout last year, I let his contract expired. And there was a catcher in the draft, I think, uh, in this draft actually we're doing right now. I don't even know if he's gone yet. I had like a late first round grade on him. I started doing my catching ratings on uh, Excel there. And then I switched scouts in the off season and my new scout, I, when I first looked, I, I couldn't believe it. I'd never seen different, more different ratings. Uh, he pretty much went from being a first round pick to like my new scout had him more as like a 20th rounder. It was just comp- radically different. He went from having all 30 fifties to all like 30 thirties, barely had any potentials over 35. So it's really cool to see the difference in the scouts, whether you have like a favors tools or favors ability scouts, it can make a huge difference. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, To go off of some other guys that went pretty high off the board that I think are going to develop really wonderfully, Isaac Pacheco, I think that's how you pronounce it. He looks to be another shortstop that's going to just be an offensive force. Great defense. He's going to hit like 45 doubles, and he's got potential to knock a few home runs. He went pretty high in the first round. And then Tyree Reed. If you look at this dude's profile, have you seen his range? Oh, a center fielder. You went 13. Yeah, I got a 65 range on him. Look what he's done in rookie ball. He's hit 300. Like, his career rookie ball average is above 300. That guy, oh, that's a big-time talent. Lefty bat with major gap power. And in that big stadium, that's going to be – oh, he's going to be a weapon. 70 speed, space stealing ability. Line – that's a crazy combo too when they have that high gap power, but then their profile is a line drive hitter. I mean, oh, they're just going to be smashing doubles. It's Yeah, that guy's going to be – have a major ISO if he can keep developing the way he has. I'm excited for him. One guy I think my scout hasn't changed much on, but I'm really just flabbergasted fell 
to the 25th overall pick in 2021 is Daniel Corona Jr. I'm guessing it's because uh, he had a pretty high signing bonus going that low. He had about $2 million as a signing bonus, and he went to the former Tampa Bay Rays, now Montreal Expos. He's another guy with high contact, not going to strike out much, great gap power, and he's got what I would say to be about average to above average ratings at shortstop. He's another guy, his career rookie ball average is above 300. Oh, yeah, what a talent. I think, if my memory serves me right, I think I was actually going to take him. I think he went one or two picks above where I picked. I had him at the top of my board, and I was hoping he fell to me. And I had him as the best second base in the draft. I liked him at second base, but he definitely could play either. I think those young 18-year-old middle infielders, their range can go up 10 quite often in those first couple of years of development more so than the college guys. So yeah, he's a guy that can develop kind of anywhere in the infield is bad. So good. I agree. I love that guy's profile. He has that 40 current avoid K, which is usually a huge indicator of really success in the minors when they can avoid those strikeouts. Almost always those guys batting averages play up and then they start to develop pretty well. I love those, uh, those ratings he has. He's going to be a big time talent. You mentioned this guy's name earlier. Um, the second overall pick in that draft, Willie Weiss. I I haven't looked at this dude's profile recently. What in the world <laughs> oh. am I looking at? This dude, Incredible. he's 22 and he has five plus pitches. He's got three knockout pitches. He's got 65 stuff from my scout. Oh my goodness. He's got a sub four ERA and five starts and A minus. Yeah, I uh, can't believe this. How is he... He's only ranked in top 60th prospect in baseball. I think number 60 now, I think this guy's going to climb. He's going to be top 25 soon. Yeah, I agree. I don't think other than Rocker and yeah, maybe a couple I can't think of off the top of my head. There's not too many guys I'd want over this guy. The part you love about him, he has every single like box ticked off. He's got the five pitches. He's got the ninth mile an hour fastball. He's got the high stuff. He's got pretty solid movement. And the coolest part is I like is he's an over-the-top guy, which there's a lot of three-quarters guys. Those over-the-top guys are not quite as common. With that curveball being a 55-70. So that's just got that amazing, like probably a 12 to 6 curveball. But then he also has that, like, you know, the horizontal stuff, the slider. So it's like, oh, that guy's a wipeout pitcher. Gonna be awesome to see him in Pittsburgh. And the pitcher's park. Oh. I haven't I haven't looked at this profile in a while. Um Normally with these guys with like those super high changeup potentials, I'm always super iffy on it, whether or not that changeup develops. It looks like his changeup's going to develop. His slider's almost completely developed. Yeah, I might. <laughs> Alex, if you sit down and you look at Weiss's profile every night, I'm jealous of you, man. This dude looks awesome. And I hadn't really thought about the fact they can team him up with Lacey only being a year difference in age, I think. So that'll be pretty tough combo to deal with, with all their position talent they have too. So that Pittsburgh feature is looking bright. That's for sure. Oh, absolutely. And then they also have a few guys on the team right now, like Mitch Keller, who's probably going to be in the conversation for Cy Young. That's right. He's had a pretty incredible start to his career there too. On some, he had a nice still positive year and a bad team that first year. And then he really carried them that second year. Before we kind of jump to our modern draft, there's two guys I want to, talk to you about because I know you got your boards and you got your spreadsheets that you do with the draft. Uh, Austin Becker went 57th overall in 2021. It looks to me like he's one of those guys that 
His ratings haven't changed too, too much. He's only gotten kind of a small bump in movement. He's got three plus pitches and he's doing great at a ball this year. What's your take on this guy's profile? Yeah, I agree. That's another guy. My scout agrees with your opinion there. 51 Ks and eight walks in a ball. That's nasty. Yeah, that curveball is beautiful. I think uh, he might have fallen a little bit because looking back, my scouts rating at the time of the draft had him as a 30-35 movement, which is a bit low for you know a high college pitcher. So maybe that was part of the reason, but it's come a long way. It's gone up 10 potential, which is huge, right up to a 45. So now that uh, looks like he won't give up a lot of home runs. That's another guy who's going to be able to develop in a huge pitcher's park. That Mets stadium is just really hard for uh batters to knock that ball out of the park and you notice too like the how nerfed all those Mets hitters stats get I know he's really struggled last year with that team like all these really good hitters the 60 contact ratings all hitting like 180 and stuff so that's going to be uh another thing that Becker could develop really nicely in that park being a big pitcher's park awesome yeah the another guy I have to bring up and this is of course my prior Atlanta Braves bias Isaac Escada was drafted in the ninth round, 273rd overall. If you haven't looked at the pipeline recently, he has made it up to the number eight overall prospect. I traded him when I was the Atlanta Braves GM for a wipeout knockout closer in Michael Feliz and Cal Mitchell. And I would just like to say, I am sorry I did not see this level of potential coming from Isaac Escada. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't believe that when I saw that movement. I know I've noticed you like that high movement. You picked that cool guy, second overall this year. It's just, it's important in today's day and age game being all about home runs. You got to like not let up those long balls. And that 60 65 movement is ridiculously high. The best of all three of these drafts so far, I think, movement wise, ratings. Oh, that's a yeah, that's a tough one to swallow when you give. That sometimes it just happens when you make those trades. You just don't know how well a guy's going to develop and comes to bite you sometimes. It's you win some, you lose some. Yeah, and looking at that Pittsburgh farm, he's in Pittsburgh now too. Oh, so right. you think about that upcoming young pitching staff in Pittsburgh in that pitcher's park. Oh. They have a number one, number two, number three, and a number four pitcher in their That's pipeline right. that could be an ace on my team right now. And two of them are lefties too, which just adds to that makes it even tougher. You get the righty lefty, righty lefty combo. That's a beautiful farm. Anybody else that you want to shout out from 2020 and 2021 before we hop to the finale of 2022's draft? Yeah, no, I'm caught up there, so I'm ready to rock on the new draft here and kind of go over the top guys. Now, boys, that's going to do it for the end of our 2020 and 2021 draft recap. If you want to hear what happened in 2022 and what Dan and I were looking at, you're going to have to come back tomorrow night when I post it then. But until then, thank you guys for listening to Around the League, and I hope you all have a wonderful, wonderful night.